You're listening to Comedy Central. Gavin Newsom, welcome to the show. Hey, it's good to be back. It's good really to good to see you again, Governor. It's been a while. Um, yeah. The last time we spoke was over Zoom. Yeah. It was at the height of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, obviously, we're still in it, but just looking at everything that's been going on, how do you think California is doing right now in terms of the pandemic? Well, we were worried about the winter surge. Last year, around this time, we saw a big spike in the Delta cases. In fact, we peaked in that first week of January where we were getting yeah, body bags right. from outside of the state. Uh, we had one of the best summers of any state in the country among the lowest positivity rate and case rates. Uh, we started to see an increase, but we're now about the fifth lowest, 2.2% positivity mm -hmm. in the country, and for one reason. At the end of the day, it's that we have led with vaccinations, administered doses. 93% now of adults have received at least one dose. And the key is to continue to promote these life-saving vaccines and boosters. That's the only way out of this. You, um, you've had a, a, like a, a really rocky journey, you know, <laughs> to say the least, in and around the pandemic. I mean, California went through a really tough time, yeah. you know, and, and then obviously the whole country saw the George Floyd protests and California saw some of the biggest, you yeah. know, and then, then you had the pandemic itself and then you went to the restaurant when people yeah. weren't supposed you to You didn't go. even mention wildfires. I didn't mention the, I was getting to the wildfires. Yeah. That was your personal wildfire. Yeah, that was. was uh, yeah, that was. That was. The certain choices we make, you own them. You know, tattoo, look, hey, hardly perfect. And those that are, God bless and write a book. I hope they do. <laughs> uh, but and I'm not, and I made, it, I made a mistake. But yeah, I own them. Let me ask you this, though. Does that mean, though, that as a governor, you would have the same level of maybe um, compassion for people who mess up with when they break the rules? I always have. And I mean, honestly, it goes, and without even just jumping into the book, I always have. I'm very humbled by the, the, the nature of the world and life uh -huh. uh, and my own struggles and my own mistakes. And of course, when you have dyslexia, you have a learning disability growing up, uh, you're prone consistently to make mistakes. It's an anomaly when you don't make a mistake. That's interesting. Uh, and so for me, this notion of resilience and grit and determination, but look, the key, the life, you know, I think it was Churchill, another dyslexic said, secret of all success, moving from failure to failure with enthusiasm. You have to own up your mistakes, don't repeat them uh, and learn from them. And at the end of the day, look, I get it. We have to model better behavior mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. leaders. But one thing I'm proud of, we've been a model in terms of science and health outcomes. We have had a pandemic uh, like every state has, but we have not been shy to lean in, take leadership, and with that comes lumps. Let's um, talk about the book. <laughs> ben and Emma's Big <laughs> Hits. So they told me uh, Governor Gavin Newsom is gonna come on the show, he's writing a new book. And I was like, whoa, the last time a, a governor wrote a book, his uh, life didn't go so well. I was like, this, this could be risky. <laughs> but this is different. You wrote a children's book. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not gonna lie, it was, it was really uh, endearing. You wrote a book about how, basically your struggles with yeah. dyslexia, which I, I, didn't, I didn't know you had. Yeah. Tell, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, I did find it ironic that the way you discovered your dyslexia is that you read, read. through documents. But, yeah. but tell me a little bit about the well, story. Just, I just kept seeing my name and I'm wondering what the stack of documents were. And of course, wondering why I was going after school consistently. And I uh, didn't realize for years you were really struggling in school. I was right? struggling. I was doing speech therapy. In fact, you look at these. I, looked, I hadn't looked in 20 years at these old files. I mean, literally doing speech therapy, uh, learning disability that included inability to read completely and inability uh, to spell. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, mm -hmm, and I mm -hmm. still struggle. This is a lifelong issue. And of course, it's not unique to me. I mean, it's jaw-dropping. At least we estimate 20% of Americans, 20% of people around the globe have some form of learning disability. That's a, think about that number. That's huge, yeah. It's tens of millions of Americans, hundreds of millions of people around the globe, many that have been diagnosed, many that gotten uh, intervention support, many that haven't. Right. And so I just want to destigmatize this. I just met with a bunch of young kids, all of them 
that had learning disabilities and differences. And the number one thing they all have in common, self-esteem. And they feel demoralized. They feel that they're stupid. Right. And I had terrible self-esteem, and I was in the back of the classroom, and I had terrible grades, and I can't read speeches, even today. So what do you do then before, how do you, how do you what do you do if you can't read a speech? I, I don't have a speech writer, I, it's all extemporaneous. So you just remember, you just... You just gotta go up, know your material. And that, that's another thing you learn in dyslexia. You gotta work 10 times as hard as anyone Because else. you're using other parts of your brain, yeah. Other parts of your yeah. brain. I mean, it's awkward to admit all these things, right? Because oh, no, you wanna I, be the guy, this is right, my right, book right. about how great California and I am. <laughs> and, you know, I had a few setbacks, but let me tell you, the best is yet to come. And, right. uh, it's the opposite. This is a composite of me. It's my mom, a single mom. She passed away uh, almost 20 years ago. Uh, and she's Miss Kim and how she didn't give up on me even mm -hmm. though she struggled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, it's heartbreaking. I got four kids. A couple of them are struggling with learning differences, differences as well. And as a, as a parent, it's much worse, trust me, than being a kid with dyslexia. Right, right, right. Is experiencing your own kids with a learning disability. What's the word that freaks you out the most? There's got to be like a word. <laughs> That's an interesting question. I never thought about that. I think perfection, it's illusory. It doesn't exist. And we're, we're consumed by it. Uh -huh. And uh, I just, I, I hate our education system that doesn't incentivize mistakes. It really is damaging beyond words. What we need is the creative. We need the innovative. If you don't make mistakes, you can't find a new way of doing things. In politics, I mean, we destroy people for making mistakes. Right. We do. And, and so as a consequence- Well, there's a difference though between, I think, destroying them and holding them accountable, right? You I always gotta that. find that balance. You gotta find that balance. Because I don't think you've been destroyed. You're here and you're still the governor. Yeah. You know, no. some could say, you know, your actions at French Laundry meant that now you were taken to task. And then the people voted for you. I mean, you, what, 30 points. So yeah. clearly the people were like, all right, you know, Governor Newsom, we're gonna roll with you. But I think there is a balance sometimes in terms of like destroying politicians versus holding them accountable because they have power over people's lives. 100%. And, 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 and not only are you right, let me make a distinction about the point I was making because I didn't say it effectively enough. It's not being held to account. You need to hold us to a higher level of accountability because of our unique positions. Mm -hmm. We have not just formal authority, but we should have, we should have some moral authority. So I couldn't not agree more. But I think about it in terms of policy, in terms of good intentions gone awry. Right. Not the failings, uh, but trying new things, being willing to take risks as it relates to it iterative is, It is challenging. Strategy. Yeah, no, I hear you. And it that's where people say, see, oh, what, uh, that's complete. You know, they, they try right. to make that investment. The basement is complete in embarrassment and failure. Right, right, right. And yeah. then it's, you know, attacking your money. Yes. But, and that's where, in private sector, I, I have 20 businesses. I started as, a, uh, as an entrepreneur, restaurants, hotel, wineries. I'm really proud of pen to paper myself. No, no inheritance, no, mm -hmm, no. Mm -hmm. And, you know, all I did, I actually did a, I every month gave an award to the person who screwed up the most. Wow. We had a failure award. I wish I worked in your company. It's never too late. <laughs> it's never too late. But the and the reason you did this is to because? To incentivize initiative and responsibility. Like We're not victims. Be accountable. Let me ask you this then. Using your entrepreneurial spirit and mind combined with your leadership, Let's look at California. And California is not the only place, please don't get me wrong. Yeah. But you know, we've seen um, a spate of like, you know, shoplifting yeah. and like these mass things where they drive in, they steal a bunch of stuff and they go. And then we see some police chiefs now, I take what they say with a pinch of salt, but some of them say like, oh, well, it's because people know they can go and steal $300,000 worth of things. And then because there is, you know, no bail anymore for shoplifting, no matter how big the scale, people understand the risk versus reward ratio of what they're doing. So how do you find a creative way to create a safer state for people whilst also not jumping into the, you know, the industrial prison complex and then punishing people 
who shouldn't be punished because they can't afford to pay bail. How do you find that balance using that entrepreneurial mind? Well, I'm in a unique position to answer that for two reasons. One, I come from California, which led the nation in the lock them up, three strikes and you're out, 1994, fear yes, of the others. Right. I mean, we were on the, the forefront of that and we saw prisons increase, 175,000 people at uh -huh. peak. Uh, we had opened dozens of prisons and actually only opened up one new UC in that process. And yet crime kept going up and up and up. We advanced reforms and we saw crime go down. Let me be specific. These folks, particularly on one of those networks, every single day is talking about something called Prop 47 in California. Mm -hmm. That was a reform in 2014 as it relates to the issue of shoplifting and property crimes. It would be a felony if it was a crime that was committed that was $900 of goods. We're always different from $400, roughly $450. The reality is in 2015, property crimes went down, larceny went down, shoplifting went down, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. So if it's the cause of the spike, it must have been the cause for the decline. Now, what's happening with the retail theft is unacceptable. We have to hold people to account, and we're doing that. And these are crimes well beyond the $900 right, threshold, right. so it's, it's rather specious, these arguments. Plus, 39 states, 39 Republican states, not just Democratic states, did the same thing that California did. 31 states today have higher felony thresholds in the state of California. Uh -huh. Interestingly, Texas has higher violent crime rates than California and property crime rates. Why isn't Fox talking about those states? They are scapegoating these reforms because they don't support the reforms. I'm open to argument interested in evidence. If we find that these reforms are not producing as they were intended, uh -huh. then we will own that. Same time, we have to own the responsibility to address these organized criminal rings. Right. And these retail thefts are being done at scale. Right. In Minnesota, right. in Chicago, it's not, spontaneous. not just yeah. California. And that's a whole different paradigm and challenge. And we are responsible, again, accountable to addressing that issue. And we're doing that. Well, thank you for the time. Thank you for writing a really fun book. And, I appreciate uh, it. Hope to see you again on the show. Great to see you. Ben and Emma's Big Hits is available now. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central. And stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.